It's time once again for another episode of Georgia Business Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, we are set for another episode of Georgia Business Radio. This is going to be a good one. Uh, we've got a... Um, we, we often talk about subject matter experts, but I think this is the dude. You're the Dos, Dos Equis man of uh, cybersecurity and uh, experts. And um, so I want to introduce uh, Dr. Dave Chattery, Chatterjee. All right, is an accomplished technology thought leader and business strategist as a recognized uh, expert in information systems dedicated to his client success. Dr. Chatterjee has a broad base of expertise in enterprise digitization. That's a tough word to say. <laughs> enterprise digitization, IT value management, cloud computing, social media, cybersecurity, which is going to be the big hot topic we're talking about today. I mean, you can't really go too far these days without hearing about cybersecurity. Um, and to also change management initiatives for industry leading Fortune 500 companies. Uh, Dr. Chatterjee, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. So let's jump into it. We've got um, a lot of topics to cover. Um, and we, every once a year, October is a cybersecurity national, uh, cyber, national cybersecurity month, right? We're going to hit on that in just a minute here. And, uh, and then what's next, but let's uh, jump right into, um, talk to us about some, uh, Observ observations um, during the month and why this is important. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to be here. And yeah, you know, it's very important to have these observation months because they serve as important reminders of a grim possibility. Just imagine complete loss of power, a national blackout situation. Water gets contaminated with chemicals and cannot be used. We have lost access to funds in our bank accounts. Transportation system has collapsed. There's widespread food shortage. The possibility of large-scale cyber attacks against critical infrastructure, such as energy source, water supply, chemical nuclear plants, unfortunately are a distinct possibility. In fact, I agree with Warren Buffett when he says cyber attacks are a bigger threat to humanity than nuclear weapons. So it is through these observance months that we need to raise a high level of public awareness and consciousness. We need to create a security mindset. I want to emphasize, cyber threat is everyone's problem and everyone must play their part to help mitigate risks. I also want to take this opportunity to encourage organizations, for-profit, non-profit, to observe Information Security Day or week or month to give this critical governance issue high visibility and priority. Just like fire drills, we need to have information security drills. And, um, so we're not just talking about internet. Uh, this is all encompassing. This is beyond just the internet. This is the, it's the ripple effect of that, right? Absolutely. In fact, just think about it. We are becoming so technology enabled. We are getting electronically connected in every possible way. We are creating smart cities, smart hospitals. Now, there's a downside this, you know, to this high level of digitization, to this high level of connectivity. And the price that we are paying for this convenience is the vulnerabilities. Now we have the hackers that can access our systems and immobilize them, neutralize them. Because 
everything is being run by computers. That's right. kind of the challenge. And uh, we may get into this a little bit later, but uh, where does um, artificial intelligence come into play, right? I mean, uh, uh, I mean, just not the the hackers and so forth, but all, all of the robotics that are running. I mean, you have a blip in that, and, and it's all. It really is about the ripple effect, right? Because it's not just one segment going out. I mean, when you you touched on uh, the power, and you don't think about power impacting, like you said, the water supply. You don't. But they're all interconnected. They're all interconnected. We are so interconnected. And it's just, uh, you know, getting access to one of the devices. And then, you know, you're able to plant a malware. And that can cre create all kinds of, all kinds of problems. Right. And uh, talking about artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence can be a huge help in preempting these attacks. But at the same time, the more we rely on artificial intelligence, and if these AI tools and robots get compromised, right. we can we have a difficult world ahead of us. Uh, so we're going to cover uh, lots of topics here. Let's jump into the next one. Um, you know, you've kind of uh, created this you know what if scenario, but let's talk about you know what we can do to protect. What are some preventive measures? Uh, we talked about electricity, but the financial institutions. I mean, this is kind of scary stuff. There's no really um, way to sugarcoat this, right? Um, so hopefully, we're going to hear a little bit later about um, what are some opportunities to circumvent this, to uh, take some proactive approaches. But let's talk into um, you know ways that either individuals or businesses or uh, people, government agencies, can protect themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you, you made a good point there that this is a problem that has to be handled in multiple ways. A multi-pronged approach is what we need. It is not just a technological problem. Everyone has to be involved in this fight. The way I like to describe uh, the measures at a high level, I talk about three things. Commitment. Top management have to actively engage and support cybersecurity initiatives. So do every organizational member. The next is preparedness. From planning, documentation, training, proactive measures, there needs to be a high level of preparedness. Third, probably most important, discipline. We have to strictly follow procedures and protocols. The research that I'm currently working on, I drill down these three factors and I have several uh, 12 critical success factors, and I'm going to list them. The first is hands-on top management. We are in it together culture. Cross-functional participation. Top management support. Sustainable budget. Mature governance procedures. Awareness and compliance training. Rigorous testing. Continuous assessment and improvement. Accountability and empowerment routine exercise and audits. Let me breathe some life into these recommendations. I mean, it, also, it sounds like it, um, it, stops at the, it starts and stops at the top, right? I mean, if, if, if the leadership within an organization or an entity is not, um, doesn't have these, this protocol in place, how would the rest of the organization know where to fall in line? Absolutely. It does start at the top, and I'm talking about active involvement, not passive support. Right. There has to be joint responsibility. If there is a major breach, the solution is not that you fire the chief technology officer. <laughs> right. The solution is not you fire the chief information security officer. 
they are in it together with the operating people. So business and technology have to come together, hand in hand, partner, right. and fight this problem. Um, if I may, I'd like to use an example, which is a great model to follow, and that's the U.S. Um, nuclear naval program. They have been around for 60 years, and they have a track record of zero defects. Wow. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> it really doesn't. And what they have created, they've created what I call a high-reliability organization culture. And that culture is founded on six principles. Integrity, depth of knowledge, procedural compliance, forceful backup, questioning attitude, and formality in communications. Let me give some examples of how they do things in the submarines. No deliberate departures from protocols. No shortcuts. Immediately owning up to mistakes. Rigorous training. The operators need to know every system inside and out. Only then do you understand what the vulnerabilities are. Only then can you be part of the solution. So a half-hearted approach, a half-thought approach will never solve the problem. Technology by itself will never solve the problem. It has to be coupled with rigorous training and above all, complete commitment that I must do my part to ensure data is safe and secure. And once again, the U.S. nuclear submarine program is a great model to follow. Well, I wouldn't say, I mean, I would even uh, ramp it up and say not just a great model, probably the model. I mean, with um, uh, zero issue, and why not just literally follow that as a blueprint? I I agree, um, and, and you know what? The challenge is execution. Yeah. We can have all kinds of planning. We can have all kinds of procedures. It's really about do we have the right people to execute? Let me share with you an interesting story. So the father of the nuclear Navy, Hyman Recover, he is credited with creating and sustaining this high reliability organization. He ran that program for 30 years. During his entire tenure, he interviewed each and every candidate who was ultimately accepted to the program because he wanted to ensure that culture is sustained, that culture is maintained. And that's the level of excellence, that's the level of commitment I'm talking about. And that's precisely the reason why some companies are more successful than others. It's not like we are short of tools. Right, right. It's the resources just, are there. It's just about putting it all together, the complete package. Now, um, you mentioned uh, in these stories examples of these individuals and these companies, and we talked about it. leadership is um, is crucial and from the top. But um, how do you you can't really eliminate the human factor in the human era? But um, I mean, do you have to obviously have probably more than double redundancies? Um, I mean, we're huge about systems and automation and so forth, but we're not in, um, you know, we, we often say jokingly, no one's ever been hurt during the recording of one of our episodes, whatever, right? Um, but uh, I mean, we got lots of other ground to cover, but I, I, can you touch on that topic of you can't take the human element out of it, right? You can't, neither you should. Okay. I still believe humans are the solution to this problem. Okay. Technology is not. Technology really? 
is a supporter, is an enabler. Right. Still, the solution lies with humans. The problem lies with humans. The solution lies with humans. Humans can be the biggest vulnerability. Humans right. can be the biggest strength. Well, I'll give you um, a ground level example of that from a civilian standpoint, right? So coming over in Uber to the studio this morning and the driver actually, uh, ironically, has space or works in the same building. And yet he's following the GPS. And when we get to the intersection to turn, he's he's literally turning according to the GPS. And I'm like, uh, you actually go to this building. I mean, that that's a real challenge. Uh yeah. Right. Is is training uh, humans when they program the systems to follow the systems, but at the same time to have that, uh, you know, to to react on a, on a, their intelligence or human intelligence. Absolutely, and and you're right. Means we do not want to convert humans to robots. Right. We want technology to be an enabler, to be a supporter. But that's why the training needs to be. Uh, you know, ha- ha- needs to be really efficient. The training needs to be appropriately focused. And you mentioned about controls. Absolutely. Like um, in the nuclear submarine program, any high risk, well, I guess every every task there is high risk. Right. More than one person is assigned to every task. So there is constant oversight. Right. Now, you know, I like to use the word administrative controls. Those are the kinds of controls that are in place in organizations to help with the kinds of stuff you're talking about. So we need software-based controls. We need administrative controls. We need various mechanisms to provide oversight, to provide that redundancy. But still, humans are the key to succeeding to winning this battle against cybersecurity. All right. And speaking of humans, uh, you're listening to the Georgia Business Radio Show here in our Buckhead studio. We're having a conversation with Dr. David uh, Chatterjee. And um, so we're going to, I'm afraid we're going to run out of time before we hit all these topics here. So either we need to have you back or um, either fast forward or let's pick a topic that um, uh, we don't want to miss out on. All right. So we can, we can hit some of the headlines on some of the other topics, but I want to make sure that we hit the message you want to get across. So let's move to our next topic. Let's talk about um, uh, during National Cybersecurity Cyber Awareness Month, the US, U.S. Department of Homeland Security shed light on a study by the Center for Cybersecurity and Education that shows by the year 2022, we'll find a shortage of 1.8 million information security workers. Um, so that's a challenge, but the huge opportunity I'm sure you're going to uh, touch on. So uh, what can we do to engage uh, youth um, to pursue cybersecurity related? And I know one of the topics, I, maybe this uh, feels in here is a uh, stem we just actually had um yesterday was national stem day um uh and we had an expert in here this morning but let's talk about that topic absolutely so there are two things that i'd like to address here first is you know the way we encourage youth to be you know part of the solution to join in this in this fight this battle is you have to create awareness and excitement you have to make them recognize that a variety of skills come come into play in these kinds of jobs. Problem-solving skills, communication skills, management skills, data analysis skills, and software programming skills. Ne- let not kids get scared that, okay, this this area requires extensive technical skills, so it's not for me. You You can still play a major role. And there's also an opportunity to work in different industries, so it can be a pretty exciting, exciting career. Um, and I also recommend, just like we have robotics competitions in high school, right. we should consider having similar competitions in the area of cybersecurity. Uh, 
organizations should consider um, offering internship opportunities to high school students. In fact, this past summer, I was offering summer classes for youth to learn more about emerging technologies and cybersecurity. The more you share with them, the more they become sensitive to the problem and the more they recognize their responsibilities, their duties, and that helps them envision their future career. And, and at that at that juncture in their life, they're a sponge that's really taking all, all this in. They're really, in some cases, um, studies are wired for this kind of stuff, right? And um, uh, I mean, and, and, and you talk about the stats in terms of 1.8 million opportunities. Um, and we often talk about, you know, um, uh, labor force issues and so forth. I mean, this is, I think the average person is aware of the need, but I'm not sure if they're aware, aware of the opportunities. Yeah, right? you're right. It means it, it, it has to be a constant push. Uh, and this awareness has to start from K through 12. It's like you, you start as early as you can and you keep at it. Uh, and and I, I must also share with you that great work is being done. Universities are doing very well in this area. In my own university, in my department, they have a, a program that is focusing on information security. Georgia, as a university as a whole, it has a lot of initiatives going on around campus. So a lot of efforts are on, but we are still scratching the surface. More and needs to be done. When you mentioned universities and your work, so um, uh, talk to us about your work. Actually, right up the street, two, uh, two doors down from us is the Terry College of mm -hmm. Business. Uh, talk to us about your role there and um, what's on what's next. Well, it's funny you would say that because um, I started teaching there from the time the building was <laughs> oh, set up. Really? Wow. <laughs> I have a long history with the executive program, the professional MBA program. Love it. Yeah. Have spent 17 years teaching there and um, have many, many former students who are now CIOs of companies, CTOs of companies. Wow. And um, we have regular meetups. So it's been a great, great experience being part of Georgia and the Terry College of Business. Yeah. And talking a little bit about my research, like I said earlier, I love to conduct high impact research that influences practice. I'm going to be very candid. I am all about practice. Some of my, my colleagues may not like this, but who that's who I am. I want to be able to relate to industry. I want my work to impact industry. And that's why I'm very, um, very, very optimistic about the current work that I'm doing on creating and sustaining high reliability organizations. And the initial um, feedback has been terrific. I've I've gotten invites and I've spoken at Salesforce, CDC, really? Georgia chapter of GMIS, uh, been to the European Conference on Cyber Warfare and Security. The in invites keep coming and that tells me that what I am doing is important and I appreciate this opportunity again to reach out to the masses because we do need to reach out to the masses. It's not enough to write and publish in journals. We, that's a small audience. We have to reach out to a much larger audience, the global audience. Well, two things I'm hearing here, obviously, is your passion about this. Um, but beyond that, I love that it's not just a theory or a theoretical, which is important, you know, that, that the lab behind it, right? But what I like, especially being the uh, pro-business channel, our middle name being business, is I see you, um, the implementation that you've engaged with these businesses, these companies, entities, organizations, help them um, solve their challenges, but more importantly, probably put in protocol and structure to prevent the challenge. No one wants to be the person that's just putting out the fires all the time, right? Absolutely. And that's why, you know, business research, just like medical research, informs the field of medicine. Right. Business research must inform, must lead business practice. And I have to do my part. It's a small part, but I have right. to do my part to make that happen. All right. And, um, and uh, we're going to go on to our next topic here, but also... Um,
along the speaking of the Terry College of Business, we love their uh, third Thursday speaker series. Uh, <laughs> so we can just really walk down the block and attend those and always fascinating uh, subject matter and experts. So let's um, uh, and before actually before we jump into our next segment, would, would you remind or let people uh, folks know how would they get in touch with you or what's a call to action or how would they find out more about this topic or reach out to you or who would be the point of contact and Absolutely. So um, there are two ways to reach out to me. They can go to my website, um, com, And my email is dchatte at gmail.com. So uh, they can reach, uh, email me. They can go to my website and email me from there. They can learn more about what I do and how I, ca- how I can be of help. I've also been reaching out to high schools so I can partner with them to you know get these programs going early so i look forward to any opportunity that i can get to engage with the community and bring about a change a positive change awesome so uh, good stuff there so you mentioned earlier about um, uh, the sim atlanta mm-hmm. you're going to be spe- uh, speaking to the group this month uh, tell us a little bit about that organization what you plan to share with them, and also um, how folks would get involved or location or... Absolutely. So SIM stands for Society for Information Management. It's the premier nonprofit national community of senior information technology practitioners, reputed academics, and other thought leaders. SIM's core values are networking, professional and personal development, and giving back to communities through philanthropic efforts. In fact, um, every year, SIM gives back close to a million dollars to their respective communities. I have been with SIM for a long time. I, in fact, ran the SIM Atlanta chapter for nearly a decade. I was the chair for over eight years or seven to eight years. Um, So I'm excited about presenting at the SIM Atlanta chapter meeting on the 16th, I believe, the Friday. And um, And where are those events typically held? uh, uh, This event is being held at the Cox campus um, on Peachtree Dunwoody at the JCK Conference Center. And these are primarily for senior IT leaders like directors of IT and up. Mm -hmm. But you never know. If you're interested, you can reach out to the organizers and they might let you in as a guest. They might. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> exactly. But, Don't hold you to that. But, how but many people you typically attend and how often do they have these? Uh, they have at least once a month. Okay. And we have about 40 to 50 people okay. show up. It's a great group. Um, it's not too big, just the right size so right. we can have a very engaging, a very interactive environment. Yeah. And uh, what's really exciting about this particular talk is the talk title is Life Aboard a U.S. Nuclear <laughs> Submarine. What has that got to do with cybersecurity? Yeah. And what I have done here is I'm bringing along with me uh, one of my former students okay. who is a nuclear submariner. Wow. He, was, who, he served on a submarine for three years, Scott Law. And Scott will join me in the presentation, will wow. help bring this presentation alive with examples, with facts. Because like I said, as you said earlier, yeah. let's make the nuclear submarine program uh, as the model to emulate. And let's do the best to try and get, even even if we can get to 50 to 60% of the level of efficiency they have in place, the level of excellence they have in place, we would have we would have made significant progress. Well, speaking of uh, submarines, my uh, Uncle Tom Knutson, so a shout out to Uncle Tom, but uh, he served many years in the Navy on uh, many uh, engagements in the submarine and on, on a, from a civilian standpoint in one case, but uh, although it, he left, uh, retired fairly recently, 
But even in a five-year window or 10-year window, it's it, he wouldn't even maybe recognize or he, even these issues we're talking about were not as prevalent or not a threat or not on the uh, forefront, right? Um, but one thought that comes to mind, you're thinking if you're that far under the ocean, maybe you're you're um, oblivious or you don't need to worry about all this stuff, but not with today's technology because everything's driven on that. I mean, is there any um, safe zone or place? Can you get off the grid anywhere? Could you be on an island and, you know, and just avoid all this chaos? Whatever, yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. You, probably there are places. In yeah. fact, sometimes when people ask me, what can I do to protect myself? I'm like, go cash. <laughs> right. Don't use yeah, credit. Right. You know? exactly, yeah. but, but, but speaking of that, so some seniors sometimes, I'm talking about uh, not senior techs or whatever, but I'm talking about um, the baby boomers and beyond, or maybe beyond baby boomers. Uh, they have this maybe false sense of, sense of security and say, well, uh, I don't have to worry about cyber theft because I don't do anything online. I don't do any banking. I don't do any payments online. I'm not online. But they don't realize it's beyond a paper trail now, right? So um, companies, organizations, government entities um, uh, are collecting just mass of, I mean, mega data on everything. And so even if you've been, quote, off the grid, you're still impacted. I mean, we're not talking about the, um, the you know, this isn't necessarily the topic of identity theft, right? But it that you can't separate this stuff, right? You're exactly right. Unfortunately, <laughs> the bad news is our information is already out there. Yeah, yeah. It's too late. Yeah, yeah, right. So what we are trying to do is damage control. Okay, right. Do the best you can. Be very vigilant. You know, use strong passwords. Don't write down passwords. Try yeah. to remember them. It's better to forget them then I have it okay. have it in some file that somebody can access because even like I went to your uh, uh, one of the sites here mm -hmm. of um, mm -hmm. uh, about phishing mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um, with a P that is mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and um, I mean sometimes it's just overwhelming of like what do you how do you know that this is a scam or not or whatever right um, I mean we have our our um, our online computer in the studio we don't allow any downloading or anything whatsoever on it right but all of our other devices um, almost everything in order to move to the next step you have to accept terms of agreements and um, I mean do you do classes on this or is there resources where people can um, delve into this or? Abs absolutely there are lots of resources and you know if you stick to a couple of you know couple of basics that yeah. when you see an email that you don't recognize yeah don't get too curious just delete it right yeah uh, if there's a link that seems you know seems from your bank account right yeah just call <laughs> the bank and check uh, I think the problem that we land into is because we are too curious and we assume it's all good but we have to get a little paranoid we have to become a little more security conscious and that's going to and, and the hackers, which we talked about at the top of the show, are getting better and better at this, right? Uh, I mean, I've just recently got a series of emails about uh, we have a, a ton of different Facebook pages that we monitor. And it just seemed like out of the blue, uh, I get this email and it has the Facebook logo in there. It says you got to update. I'm like, um, well, that didn't come through my Facebook account. So um, I just ignored, you know, you have to ignore a lot of those, like you said. It's Absolutely. better to um, uh, click later than if you're unsure. Absolutely. You know, use your instincts, use your judgment. If, if you think this is not the right one, just ignore. Yeah. Well, we're uh, just about out of time here. We have about a minute left. So is there any um, takeaways or uh, what's next or um, a, a brief topic you want to touch on? And we'll give out your information one more time as well. 
And we, it looks like we may need to have you back for us. Well, and we talk about Cybersecurity Month is is October, but it's really twelve months, right? You can't take eleven months off. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly it's just awareness. Right. It's 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 a continuous battle. Yeah, and as, as and I, pre- I appreciate the opportunity. You want me to share my? Con- yeah, let's my do that for sure. Yeah. Okay, so it's www.dchatte.com, dchat.com, and my email is. D-C-H-A-T-T-E at gmail.com. And absolutely, I look forward to um, all opportunities where I can make a difference, either for an organization or for individuals. Um, I enjoy interacting with high school. I have a teenager at home who's probably right. probably listening in, and he's right. told me that his friends are listening in. So if nice. they're all listening in, I'm, I encourage them to consider uh, being more careful Think before you upload. Recognize that once you upload, it's out of your control, no right. matter you know what the service provider promises. So you know, exercise caution. Um, be more disciplined in your approach, and I think we will be we will do better. We will never, unfortunately, we're not going to win this battle, but we can do better. And um, I mean, we were sharing beforehand. I mean, I've got I think seven pages of topics here to, to, to cover. Um, so we may need to have you back. We may need to do an ongoing series about cybersecurity because, like I said, it's not just once a month. And you just uh, you just open the Pandora's box about. Um, you know, kids and guidelines for children online, maybe seniors as well, right? Absolutely. Um, and then cybercrime, we didn't really even, you know, Absolutely. a tox fraud. Yeah. I mean, um, and also, I don't know if you have, do you have a little takeaway on this? The cost of uh, free Wi-Fi. You know, we go all these Wi-Fi uh, spaces, right? <laughs> I mean, that is probably, um, it's probably unfair to throw a topic at you and, and uh, you know, a headline. What's a headline on these? Um, is it true? Let me Let me rephrase the question. Is it true that um, if you're on these Wi-Fi connections or everywhere, or on a website, if you see the S for security, you're pretty safe, right? Or are you absolutely safe? You're pretty safe, but but let me let me take it a step further. Okay, and let me advise, give this advice to people. You have to have backups. Assume the worst is going to happen. You're going right. to get hacked into. Yeah. Ask yourself the question. If I get, if my system gets hacked, if my device gets hacked, if I lose my data or if I can't access my data, right. will I be sweating? If the answer is yes, my question is what have you done about it? Have you backed it up? Are you keeping it offline? Preferably, if you're traveling abroad, let's say, right. travel with a dumb device, so to speak, like a yeah, Chromebook. Yeah, a throwaway, yeah. Chromebook throwbook. Yeah, you have to be careful because if you have stuff on your, on your device, right. I don't care what they call it, you know, yeah. free or secure. Right. There's always that possibility of getting hacked. Um, some great advice, uh, Dr. Chatterjee. Our pleasure having you here in the studio. We look forward to continuing the conversation in the future. And we'll see you again on the next episode of Georgia Business Radio. This is Rich Casanova on behalf of the channel. Uh, and, um, stay safe out there. Right? Rich, enjoyed it, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks again. Thank you again for joining Rich Casanova and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Georgia Business Radio.